This is the Music Storm Podcast, where we discuss music from so many angles, from artists, producers, to listeners, but with the main interest with the music industry as a whole. Today, we got Joey from Disciple. How are you doing, Joey? And I'm great. You're just uh, enjoying home. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. Like, I guess you're just chilling at home because of COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's... um we've been pretty much sitting on our butts for a year other than like the live stream shows that we've done. We've done three of those. Um, but, uh, we actually just got to play our first shows in a, almost a year in front of actual real life human beings. So, yeah. um, so this past weekend was nice. It was a nice change of pace. Got to, got to experience what it was like to play a show again. Felt great. And, uh, hopefully it's just, a a move in the right direction, you know. Hopefully, so, if this yeah. vaccine comes out and everything, right? Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. How was that like uh, going back into like not playing for so long? I guess. Man, it was kind of it was strange because, you know, for the live stream shows we did specific, um, uh, specific set list, mm-hmm. um, and two of those live streams, one was like a fan voted set list um and then sorry i've got i've got my uh let me let me turn my uh my volume off here <laughs> yeah so it was uh you know those those live stream shows you know one of them was a fan voted set list mm-hmm. uh another one was the 10 year anniversary of dear x so we played a lot of songs that we don't normally play um and so coming back to this set uh there was there was a few hiccups over the weekend mm-hmm. one one of one of the biggest ones being my fault which is always a lot of fun because, you know, when a guitar player messes up, you got another guitar player on stage that can kind of like go into it. Right. And whatnot. But when the drummer messes up, dude, it's like, it's very, very apparent. And it was, it was a yikes moment for me. So, uh, so I blame it. I blame it on being off for that long. But. That's funny. That's funny. Like you can notice, like once a drummer messes up, they're not on beat and everything. And people are like, what's going on right yeah yeah it was uh it was the biggest mess up that i've had since i've been in disciple uh but you know that's the thing man it it shows how human we are and you know not every not every show can be out of the park home run but it was for sure like a moment that i haven't experienced in a very long time so uh it was it was humbling to say the least (laughs) (laughs) i get that so like let's go to the very beginning like what got you into music what got you into drumming um so i man i was young um i got my first drum kit when i was seven um but i think it, it there was two factors that played uh, a role in it. Um, one was a boy just wanting to be like his dad. Um, my dad, uh, you know, when he was younger, raced motocross, go-karts, and played drums. So growing up, I was on the go-karts, I was in the motocross, and I wanted to play drums. I wanted, I wanted to be like my dad because, you know, my dad is my hero, still is to this day. And um, – and so, yeah, I think that was part of the factor. Uh, my His brother, my uncle, uh, also played drums. So drums kind of was in the family. They didn't really pursue it as a career. It was just kind of a hobby. Yeah. Um, and then we were, at the time, going to this small, like super small uh, Southern Baptist Church in South Carolina. They got a new pastor, and the pastor, like, 
put some drums on stage, which we all know in a Southern Baptist church means everyone's going to hell. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, his son uh, named Justin, uh, he played drums, at, like started playing drums at the church. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. Justin was a few years older than me. And I've always like gravitated towards people who were older than me to like hang out with. Um, never like as, as even as a young person, I never really hung out with people my my age. I always wanted mm. to hang out with the older crowd. Um, so I just thought he was the coolest dude ever. And uh, and yeah, and then Justin was actually the catalyst for introducing me to bands like POD, oh, yeah. Project 86 uh those were like the main two and then as soon as i heard pod i fell in love with music and was like this is what i want to do with my life um when that when that uh music video from southtown played on mtv trl that one day and i saw all those people around the band like just moshing and everything in that Mm -hmm. music video dude i was like that's what i want to do with my life and honestly that that just kind of set me on the trajectory for um, learning how to play drums and, and just pursuing it and see what I could do with it. Yeah. Like, I guess once you got into Disciple, I don't know about like, of course, probably once you got into Disciple and also like probably before Disciple, you probably like got to meet POD, right? At one point? No, no, no. I actually didn't get to meet. I actually have an amazing story of how I met POD. Yeah. Uh, if you would like to hear yeah, it. Sure, man. Okay. So uh, um, I want to say this was... Okay, so this actually is going to take a minute to set up. So bear with me, but it's it's a podcast, so that's yeah. what that's what it's about telling stories. Okay, so years ago we were we were on tour and we were out in L.A. and we had a day off, um, and a fan of ours had a had the hookup for free passes to Disneyland. So um, uh, she worked there. So she was able to get us passes and get us into Disneyland, which we were like, heck yeah, like, let's go to Disney. That'll be, that'll be super cool. So we went and I was like, uh, this, I don't, I don't get it. You know, I, I was just kind of like, I don't want to be here. Uh, like I was appreciative of the free passes, but yeah. I was just like, you know, everybody's so hype on Disney and I'm just like, it i'm you not like into this Disney as a kid or uh, i mean well my parents took me when i was like two years old or three i oh. don't really remember much of it anyways um i'm very confident that whenever i have kids one day that i will take them to disney and have the time of my life but as a just grown you know single man at the time uh i was just like i don't i kind of would be much rather be doing stuff so we were actually standing in line for a ride and i was just like uh on my phone like looking around and uh pod's tour schedule popped up and they were playing like two hours north of la in a place called agora hills i believe okay um and uh i was like dude how do i get to this show because up to this point i've never seen pod live like i was a terrible music fan i was also the son of parents who really like they cared about me so much that they were scared for me to go to like music venues and stuff like and pod would play like the orange pill in Asheville, north carolina which was like the closest venue that they would play but at that time you know my parents were just concerned about me going to a club to see a show which i totally you know at the time was mad at them for but now now that i'm older i'm like thank you for caring enough for me like that's really cool that you guys were like that 
Um, so anyways, um, this is the first time I'm getting to see uh, POD like possibility. And I'm like, who can I call? Like, I know people in LA who, who would be down to go to a show. So I called my buddy Mario, who's a promoter out there. And mm. I was like, Hey man, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. And I was like, does that mean like nothing? Like you're just free for the rest of the day. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, POD is playing two hours North of LA. I'm at Disneyland. This is boring. Do you want to come pick me up? And we go to the POD show. And he was like, yeah, dude, I'm getting in the car right now. So I like got online, bought tickets. Uh, and I told the guys, I was like, I'm going to go see POD tonight. I'll see y'all. I'll see y'all back at the bus later. So Mario picks me up. We go to the show. Uh, I get front row and it, it was like the most incredible night of my life. Sonny kept putting the microphone in my face because I was singing every word. They, they started uh, playing Southtown. I had crocodile tears rolling down my face. And I'm like, if I do get to meet these guys, they're going to think I'm the weirdest freak ever because they're going to be like, that's the dude who was crying during Southtown. But like that song literally like changed my life. And so I connect with it in such a huge way. Um, and so I wasn't able to meet them after the show that night, but um, there happened to be some disciple fans at that show and one of them snagged a set list and they were like you should have this and i was like are you kidding me i was like i I, thank you so much and so i put it on the wall of my bunk in the tour bus and kept it for years so i would say two or three years passed well i live in the upstate of south carolina and a couple of christmases ago i want to say this was 2018 um man it's crazy it's been that long uh i see that pod is playing in greenville south carolina which is not too far from where i'm at and it was on my dad's birthday and i was like dad i love you but i'm gonna go see this pod show they never come to like to the upstate like yeah i want to and he was like no i totally go so i went to the show a buddy a buddy's band of mine uh they're called islander they were playing Mm. on that tour and so after the show i was helping them load out into their trailer just hanging out in the parking lot and of course their van is next to pod's bus standing there and all of a sudden wov the drummer comes walking by and i was like this is my shot this is my chance i'm just gonna go say what's up and so i just walked up to him i was like i was like hey wov can i have like a couple minutes of your time and he was like absolutely literally like one of the nicest people i've ever met totally gracious he looked like he was on a mission to go do something and i totally wrecked it and uh he took the time to sit there and like talk to me and i was just like man just want to tell you your drumming by far is the like biggest inspiration for me playing music i was like you're the reason i played drums i was like and you know now I get to do what you do. Like I, I get to play drums and everything. He's like, man, that's super cool. He's like, thanks for saying that. And then like right at the end of the conversation, he goes, he's like, you said you played for a band. And I was like, yeah, yes, sir. And he goes, well, what's the name of your band? And I was like, disciple. And he goes like disciple disciple. And I was like, yeah. He, he's like game on disciple. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And he goes, Oh crap. He's like, dude, come with me. And I'm like, I mean, the heavens are like opening up and I'm just sitting here like melting into the ground. And he walks me to the front of the bus, like opens the door and is like, come on up, man. 
And so I walked up on the bus and he like came up behind me and was like, yelled at everybody. He was like, yo, the homie from Disciples here. And Sonny was standing in the front lounge and he's like, no way. He's like, dude, super cool for you to be here. He's like, come in and sit down. And I literally just went in and just made myself at home on their bus and just sat there and just hung out for probably 30, 45 minutes. And the coolest thing, I brought that set list that I gotten at the show years ago. Yeah, I, I had it in my pocket, and I was like, just in case I get to meet them, I'll get them to sign it. And so I'm like, I literally feel like just the biggest fanboy. Like I'm, I'm super nervous, like up on their bus. Like I don't ever get nervous around anybody, but mm-hmm. they are the one band that can make me nervous. And uh, and I like nervously pulled the set list out, and I was like, guys, I was like, y'all played a show in California a couple of years ago that I was at and I didn't get to meet you. I was like, but I still have the set list. It's been on the wall of my tour bus ever since. And I was like, I was hoping to get you guys to sign it. And Sonny thought it was the coolest thing that I had hung on to it. And so now I, now I have it sitting in, in my living room wow. <laughs> signed and everything. So that, that's my, I met POD story and it was about the most epic uh, way I could have met them. So <laughs> I love that. I think I even have a disciple set list in my room still from the tour that you guys came in with Cutlass. Even yeah, it's oh, okay. somewhere. Yeah, I don't know uh, if where, you remember. Where did we? One. Where did we come in? Steinbach. Oh yeah, is that the one where I wore that hockey jersey? I forget what you wore that day. But... Well, there we played two shows in Canada. You know what? It wasn't Steinbach. We we played in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And I went, I went against all of my religions and somebody asked me, would I be willing to wear uh, a Winnipeg yeah. Jets jersey for the first song? And I was like, sure. Mm-hmm. And the jersey was like a three X and oh. I, it kept getting in between my hands and my sticks and I could like barely play. It was real. It was real bad. <laughs> Dang. So, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I didn't go to the Winnipeg show. I didn't know about you guys before before that but i knew okay you guys after that but yeah cool wow so like for like i guess for people getting into like drumming like i guess musicians are trying to get into drumming what do you suggest to people that are trying to start i guess inspiring drummers yeah uh i mean obviously you know if you're if you're serious about wanting to learn you know there's plenty of people out there who teach drums um so i mean it's the thing with drums is it's a little bit of an investment, you know, um, and I always recommend to like even uh, even parents who have kids that are are interested in, in playing drums. I'm like, don't go out and buy a three thousand dollar drum set. Don't do it. I've seen people do that because they're like, well, if I buy them the best, then they're going to be like great at it. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like buy you buy you a, a cheap starter kit used so that if it ends up becoming something that you lose interest in or, you know, maybe the, the time and money investment just becomes not worth it to you. You don't have that much money wrapped up into it and you're not in uh, a deep, you know, hole of debt or anything. Yeah. Cause drums are expensive because you got to buy the drums and then you got to buy the hardware and then you got to buy the cymbals and then you got to buy the sticks. Then you got to buy the heads. Literally I picked an instrument that has 4 million parts and every day I question why. So um, so yeah, you, I, I, obviously I would just recommend like, you know, uh, if you got the passion for it, I mean, find, find an instructor that you really like working with, um, who's educated and will, will teach you the good habits and everything. 
um, and just start training with somebody who, who, who can kind of take you there. Um, I did, I had that when I was younger. Um, I worked there, there was an old Southern rock band called the Marshall Tucker band. Um, that is from the town that I'm, uh, that I'm that, well, that I grew up most of my life in. And, uh, the Marshall Tucker band was a huge act. Like they opened like for Leonard Skinner, Allman brothers, like they were, they were really big back in the seventies. Uh, but I got to work with the original drummer, Paul Riddle, and that's who basically taught me all the basics of drumming and got me to a place where I was playing solid. And then beyond that, you know, he wasn't a metal drummer, so I had to teach myself how to play double kick. But um, I watched a lot of videos of some of my favorite drummers who played double kick and just kind of figured it out. So, um, so yeah, lessons, practice, you know, just having that drive. You know, if you, if you want to learn something, just put your mind to it and, and do it, you know? Exactly. And I talked to, what is it, a drummer before you actually, I guess the other day, and it was a band called First Eleven. He's a drummer and everything. And he just said basically the same thing. Just do it. If you have a great teacher, do yeah. it, right? And didn't you do teachings, I guess, for drumming? I remember you were doing that, right? Yeah, I did. I did Skype teaching for mm-hmm. a while. Um, and, you know, I after a while, like I, I've always like had a love hate relationship with teaching and it's not because of like students or anything. It's just, I, I, I never, I never majored in music. I never, you know, the, the only music education that I really had was marching drumline in high school. Hmm. Um, so that's really the only time that I ever got like this, music theory and stuff so (laughs) i think it more comes down to like i don't feel like i'm giving my students enough information or whatnot like i can show them how to play i can take somebody who doesn't know how to play and like get them to a place where they're playing good but there's a there's a certain point where i'm like i can't help you anymore (laughs) you know um which you know isn't a bad thing because you know i i kind of consider myself like the guy who can take somebody who's very beginner or has never played at all and get you to a point where you're playing really good. And then at a certain point, like if you're wanting to dive into like all the music theory and math rock and all that, I'm not your guy, you know, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, I I've actually got one student right now that, you know, I, I took on, it's a family friend of mine and their, their kid just expressed interest in drums. And I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, like, let me, let me work with him. And already within three weeks, he went from never playing drums to now like just playing solid beats. So I know, I know that I can teach somebody, but at the same time, I just don't have a passion for teaching. Mm -hmm. So if I get, if I, if I'm doing it a lot, I kind of find myself like lacking the motivation to be good at it. And if somebody's going to pay me money to do that, I would much rather, you know, um, be passionate about it instead of take their money and feel like I'm not giving them their money's worth. So, and that's what you do with also like with music, you have to be passionate on what you're making, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it, it, people can tell really quick whether your heart's in it or not, you know? Um, and that's not to say that I never gave people their money's worth as far as like Mm -hmm. lessons go. It's just, I know myself and it's like, yeah, there's just, there's, I go through different seasons where I'm like, really good with teaching and then i'm like yeah Yeah, this season yeah yeah i'm not my brain my brain is is too sporadic to stay you know uh like focused on this thing i get you 
Um, why Disciple? How'd you find Disciple, really? Man, that's a crazy story in and of <laughs> itself, too. Um, so without, like, the super long story, basically, yeah. I played in church pretty much my whole life. Um, the last church that I played at, um, it it led me to meeting a band in Atlanta um, called After Edmund. They were an indie pop rock Christian band back in the day. Um, they had, they had like seen some good success. They had just, they had gotten nominated for a Grammy like two years before I found them. Um, and I mean, these guys were amazing songwriters and musicians. Well, um, I was down in Atlanta working with a producer who had worked with my church and he also just so happened to be the producer for family force five. And I was down in Atlanta working on some tracks with him. And he was like, man, he's like, what do you want to do with this music thing? I was like, well, I'd love to tour. I've never gotten a tour and it's always been my dream. And he's like, well, I'll keep my ears open. And then like within a couple of weeks, he called me and was like, Hey man, after Edmund's drummer left the band, I feel like you'd be a good fit. So I pursued that audition, got the job in 2011, toured with them for two years till the end of 2013. And one of the last runs that we did in America, we were opening for Disciple. So that's how I got to meet Disciple. And Disciple's another band that I listened to since I was young. So when I found out we were opening for them, I was like losing my mind. I was like, we got nine shows to play with them. I get to watch them nine times. Like, this is going to be epic. This is the biggest thing I've ever done, like as far as music goes. And so um, a guy that I went to church with, I had no idea. He used to be the road manager for Disciple had zero clue that he worked for them. Well, this guy, Evan, he called me while, like right before this tour and was like, hey man, what if I told you that Disciple may possibly be interested in you playing drums for them? And I just thought he was kidding. I, I thought he was just pulling my leg. And I was like, man, I was like, shut up. That's not funny. Um, but he's like, no, I'm serious. He's like, uh, Trent's leaving at the end of the year. Yeah. Kevin asked me for suggestions. I threw your name in the pot and he's interested in you um, and he's going to be watching you on tour. So don't screw it up, you know, which was like oh. instantaneously like dropping a million pound brick of pressure on my yeah. brain. Uh, and so, yeah, man, um, I played that tour and, you know, after Edmund was kind of dissolving and splitting up at the end of 2013, Kevin called me after the tour and was like, Hey, I like, I like the way you play. Like, are, would you be interested in, you know, touring, uh, or auditioning for us? And I was like, yeah, I would love that. And, uh, ended up getting an audition with disciple and they gave me a call back and offered me the job. And I started new year's day of 2014 was my first day as a member of disciple. So crazy. It was ride. Just, yeah, man, it was just bam, bam, bam. <laughs> I literally went from church to touring to, uh, like touring for two years and then directly into Disciple. Like it, it's been, it's been nuts. And it's been a little over seven years that yeah. I've been with Disciple now. I was just looking at that. I'm like, this band is like, has been past me for, I guess I'm 21 and this band has been around 29 yep. years, I think. Yeah, so, yeah, dude. It's like, Kevin, wow. Kevin's been rocking it, man. He, <sighs> he is legit. Like, I'm like, you have found the fountain of youth. Like it's yeah. probably why his last name's young. I mean, it probably has something to do with it, 
uh, we, I call always, we always call him forever young <laughs> and, uh, you know, that dude just, I mean, he, he's on a mission. He's been mm-hmm. on a mission since he started the band and he's not going to stop until, you know, God tells him to, you know, which I like respect so much because the road yeah. is not easy, like at all, even, even now, like it's much easier than it used to be. You know, obviously we've got technology now, you know, you got a tour bus, you know, you got it not saying that that stuff makes it this glamorous life. Cause it's definitely mm-hmm. not a glamorous life, but I mean, Kevin came through the years of no internet, having to stop at a payphone to call home, you know, reading books on a bus for entertainment. Like they went through some really hard years of touring and that guy has persevered through all of it. And I'm like, I would, I would have quit a long time ago, you know? Yeah. Like, um, so I'm think I'm thankful that he has that drive like that. Um, because man, he, he already, you know, we release an album and he's already talking about the next album and the album after that, you know? So, it's it's crazy because the dude just always has eyes for okay what's the next future. like what yeah. what are we doing next it's not man i'm i'm thinking about like hanging this up like he's just that's he's good. like an energizer bunny <laughs> has inf- infinitely more uh energy than i'll ever have so don't you gotta have some of that drive from kevin being with oh him yeah that man. long do what now for being that long with kevin you gotta like have some of that energy right Oh yeah, dude. I mean, you, it's a shared thing. Like, you know, if you get out on tour and you're not, your heart's not in touring or, I mean, not, not saying that we don't have our bad days. Obviously there's days where you doubt anything you're doing. Um, and you'll have hard days no matter what, but like, if you get out and, and touring is just not your thing. And I've seen this, like people get out there and they're just miserable because it's like, some people just aren't built for it. Yeah, they're they're just not built for it. They're person they they think they think oh yeah I, I can do the touring thing and then it just becomes like nope I'm not made for this. Or there's guys who tour for so long and then it has a shelf life and they're like I'm ready to be at home. You know, True. um so touring has a shelf life with me. I have no idea what when that day will come when I'm like yeah I'm ready to be home full time. Um, but I don't plan on it being anytime soon. Uh, cause I, I, I love what I do and I love mm-hmm. getting to go see places and, you know, make a living playing music. Yeah. So. And you get to travel too. That's one thing I'm like, and also meeting us, like the fans and everything, you get to see the people that are rocking yes. up to your stuff, man. Yes. That is like, I love playing drums, but the one thing that I've loved most about being a disciple is I am a people person. I love, I love people. Like I'm a little more introverted than I used to be. I used to be an extreme extrovert. Um, touring made me a little bit more of an introvert, but I love like talking to people. Um, I love hearing their stories. You know, a lot of our fans have stories that relate to songs. Um, so like hearing how the songs maybe help them through, a certain situation in their life. Like I love, I love that, you know, and I, I love that about our band that we have that personal connection with our fans because, you know, I'd never deny anyone a conversation or a picture or, or signing something because it's like, you literally pay my bills, you know, like you, you are so kind to take your hard earned money and like our music enough to like keep food on my table and keep a roof over my head. Like, 
that's the least I could do to say thank right. you, you know? So yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a privilege. Like we get to hear so many cool stories and meet a lot of cool people along the way. Yeah. So. I bet the amount of stories and probably the amount of crazy fans you met too. Right. There's, I mean, you know, it, 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 it comes, it comes and goes, but I mean, if the, the amazing stories far outweigh anything that anything crazy that happens. I mean, we have, we do have crazy situations that have happened and that we've had to deal with. Um, but like I said, those are few and far between compared to all the amazing stuff, uh, that we hear and that we get to see and experience. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Heck yeah, man. That's great. I love that. Um, you think it's hard to like, this is one thing I don't know if you know, but like, you've talked about this much, but like, you think it's hard to stay in, I guess, this style or this mentality of being in a Christian rock or like Christian artists in today's music, you think? Um, if I'm wording this correctly, I guess. Yeah. I'm trying to understand what you're asking. It's like, like is, is it hard to like stay, stay like claiming that? Yeah. Um, like this kind of title of like, Hey, why don't you guys go into like, I guess not a Christian, just go into like rock and not be this title yeah. of a Christian. Yeah. band. Yeah, totally. Um, well, you know, there's a lot of bands that, that do that. Um, and that's, I would never, ever say that they're wrong for doing that. You know, like skillet, like they yeah. have found the, I mean, they have literally found the pot of gold that they can exist in the Christian market very well. And they also exist in the mainstream market and they kill it in both, which is incredible. And there's right. nothing wrong with that. And I think it's awesome. Um, you know, disciple, not, not to say that we have it right or, or we're doing it better than all the other bands, but disciple ever since Kevin started, it has been a very ministry focused band. Um, and Kevin's literally never held back with any of the words. You've never really had to like, wonder like oh i wonder what this song's about yeah. or you know like kind of dissecting like the message so we're very blatant like it's very obvious that we're a christian band yeah so you know mainstream is probably not going to be as open to somebody who is as blatant um and very very like publicly christian in all the lyrics and everything mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I I think it's easy to I think it's easy to to stay that way because Kevin has had such a, like a direct um, calling and focus on that right there, the entirety of the band, and he's like refused to sell it out to anything other than that. So I feel like it's easy to kind of fall in line with that because like you know I mean he's he's on, honestly being kind of I mean he started this band and he's the leader of it you yeah. know he's he's kind of the leadership and so he's made those calls and it's just like yeah man I'm on board like cool let's do this um but like uh, don't you have like I know like you guys are a group and collective don't you guys like talk about this kind of stuff as well I guess about like other mainstream rock I guess artists and other mainstream bands about this kind of stuff as well or no Oh, uh, not really. I mean, you know, some of our songs have like played on mainstream radio mm -hmm. uh, in the past couple of years. Um, nothing that we really, it was definitely nothing that we set out to be like in the studio, like, okay, we're going to write a song 
that's going to be on Christian radio and mainstream radio. Oh, okay. It's just like, you know, the record label will be like, Hey, we could pitch this to mainstream. Like, I think that they would like that. And some mainstream stations picked it up and it's like, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. You know? Um, but it's honestly not really a conversation that we ever really talk about, man. Like we're, we literally just, we'll, we'll play anywhere. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, like we play, we'll play clubs. We'll play, we'll play places where there's alcohol being served, like whatever they call like a mainstream venue and all yeah. that. Um, we'll play anywhere, man, because, you know, we're just trying to be, you Get know, your name out there, right? Well, no, not even that. It, it, we're just trying to, we're just trying to be like, you know, light, a light in the darkness as cliche as that uh, saying is it's like, we go into clubs and there'll be tours that we're on where Kevin's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to preach from stage and we're just going to let the music like speak for itself. Um, and it's so, it's very effective. You know, you get to like hang out with these people after the show who are like, I'm an atheist, but you guys rock, you know? And I mean, we, I mean, you can go on YouTube and like find comments on these videos where people are like, I don't believe what you guys believe at all, but I love your music. And it's like really cool that we have that ability to have fans who don't believe what we're saying in these songs, but they're still getting the positive message of Jesus and they know what we, what we stand for, you know? Um, So, I mean, I think that's just, it's just who we are, man. We don't really, we don't really think about it too much and, we don't try to dissect it. We just play our shows and mm-hmm. go go wherever people want us. I love know? that. I love that. Even when I got to meet you guys, you were just like this bundle of joy when I got to meet you guys. You you guys were just like family, I guess, really, when I met you guys. Yeah, man. That's I mean, that's how we are all the time. We we are literally like brothers. Um it's nonstop laughter pretty much from the time we leave Nashville till the time we get back and um you know, we all just get along really, really well, which makes being in a band a whole lot easier because there's a lot of bands out there with people that do not like each other. And I couldn't imagine being in a situation like that on the road. So. I feel that. Uh, what do you like doing your pastime when you're not working on music? Uh, for me, when I'm home, mm-hmm. um, I have a girlfriend and she lives, she lives about an hour and 15 minutes away from me. So there's a lot of going back and forth. Um, she lives up in the mountains, which is really cool. So I get to like escape, escape to the mountains to go hang out for the day and, you know, do all this stuff. So typically free time is spent like kind of catching up with family and all that this, and I'm talking from the terms of like a typical tour year where I'm like in and out a lot this past year, it's been a lot of sitting around, honestly, there hasn't been much to do. Um, but yeah, you know, I'll go, I'll, I'll go, um, see my girlfriend, hang out with her, uh, road trip. I'll go see my family. Um, I, I'm a wood burning artist. I've, I've done a lot of wood burning art, um, that, you know, uh, has kept me busy. Um, i have a i have a mustang that i'm constantly tinkering with and you know uh driving around i i I like i like fast cars i like nascar if you couldn't tell by my shirt yeah yeah. um so i'm i'm a huge nascar fan i'm a i'm a clemson football fan and i'm a nashville predators hockey fan we suck this year so bad it's literally the most painful season ever but you know um yeah uh winnipeg doesn't like you guys a lot oh no nobody likes us no we don't even like ourselves this year because we're so bad (laughs) 
um but uh but yeah so i i do a lot of that and uh i'll play video games like once every three months like i have a ps4 i barely i barely pick up but every now and then i'll get in the mood to play a video game and um and yeah, and I go to a lot of coffee shops. I love coffee. Oh, you're a coffee guy, okay. I'm, I mean, I'm sitting here drinking well, espresso yeah. right now. So, um, so yeah, okay. That's... But uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm pretty boring when I'm home. Like, if somebody was like, "Dude, I'd love to come hang out with you," and like all this, I'm like, you would be the most bored. Like, you'd be you'd be like, I'm out after like an hour. Like, Joey, your Aww. life is, is is super boring. Nah, I think honestly, you could probably have someone come over and you could show them stuff like you i i saw a pet in your house just walking months your room i saw so there's that that that's ivy um that's my almost eight month old kitten Uh um and uh she's super awesome um she i I didn't know that I wanted a little a little buddy in the house until last year I I actually rescued a, a little kitten out of the woods um near my house and she unfortunately passed away two yeah. weeks later and it was like one of the hardest things I've experienced and after that my heart was so broken and I was like I don't know that I want another animal and mm-hmm. I my family and even my girlfriend encouraged me. They were like, you should get another one. Like, yeah, I'm surprised like, so soon. Actually, that's one thing I was surprised yeah, about it, that. It was a, it was one of the best decisions I made. Cause she's honestly, I mean, pets are, pets are therapeutic, you know, mm-hmm. Ivy has helped me heal a lot. And, uh, from that, um, and it was, a. It was a pretty traumatic experience with all that stuff, but man, she's, she's great. It's fun coming home to something, uh, that, that, you know, uh, enjoys being like, I mean, she's literally like a little human being. She just, um, <laughs> she'll stay attached to me pretty much anytime I'm home. Um, does she have an attitude yet or no? She dude, she's I literally hit, I call it the cat lottery. Cause sometimes you can end up with cats that suck. Yeah. Uh, I know. but she, she is legit like the most chill like i have a i have a harness for I, this is this is showing how lame i am but i have a harness for her and a leash and i'll take her like on walks outside oh, and she'll just like those people okay she'll just walk with me outside like you know i don't i don't take her to like out in public with like people but i'll take her out in the yard so she mm. can just get some like sunlight on like right. a really nice day um but yeah man she's she's so cool and like she just constantly wants to be where I'm at and just cuddle up, you know, and that. she, she doesn't have an attitude. If I tell her if, if she's doing something she's not supposed to, and I say, no, she stops immediately. Like she listens to me and she's a, she's a good little kitty. I so, love that. Yeah. I don't have pets anymore, but when I had a cat like years and years ago, and this cat was a prankster cat. So yeah. like, for instance, you picked on him, he gets you back. So I had a neighbor that always like spooked him and everything. And one time he spooked the cat. The cat went on the next day into his mailbox, went in behind the mailbox. When he went to grab the paper, he jumped out and scared him <laughs> when he grabbed the paper. So it's yeah. yeah, it's like, for some reason, I feel like there's like this, this like um, uh, stigma, like, you know, you know, guys and cats like that's kind of weird like guys are normally like with dogs and i'm like man i love dogs but i 
I like the fact that I can go and do and leave her here and she's self-sufficient and can like take care of herself. And I don't have to run home every two hours to take my dog out, uh, to go to, to go to the bathroom. So she, for my lifestyle, a cat is great. Oh now, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love dogs and I, I will most likely have one one day when I'm married and someone can actually be there to make mm-hmm. sure that the dog survives. True. Um, but you know, for now, uh, she she very much compliments my on the go lifestyle because because uh, even though we're not touring I I'm I'm a pretty on the go person I can't sit around the house yeah. too long so I get I'm that constantly, constantly getting well out. yeah you're on tour and you're on the clock with disciple right do what now well you're you always go on tour right and then you're on the clock with disciple making music yeah right? so yeah well this past this past year you know like I there's been no disciple anything so I've kind of had to just like create my own routine of getting out of the house every day and just like changing up my scenery to kind of keep my brain like from going insane. Um, I do a lot of working out, um, you know, done. Uh, we, we have a big fitness group with the band guys and a few of other, other of our friends from all around the country. And we all have a beach body subscription. So we've all gone through like P90X and, uh, different, different programs on beach body. So that's, that's kept me sane. It's given me something to do every day and like get out there and sweat and work hard at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and which has been, uh, rewarding. So yeah, that's great. It's really yeah, great. Will you ever do any like solo projects for yourself? Maybe like help with other bands out or I don't know something. Uh, never Maybe. have done any solo projects that I would not be good at that. Cause I'm not really like, uh, other than drums, like, I know the notes on a piano, but I could never play the piano and like wow you or anything. I know, so I know two chords on the guitar, maybe a few more. Uh, I'm not like an amazing guitar player. I thought you were like a guitar player as well. No, I I, very, 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 very amateur. Um, I can't, I can't sit there and write a song. So um, I'm pretty much the guy, like if you have a song and you're like, Hey, we need some dope drum parts. People will come to me and ask me to write drum parts. So I've done that for Decipher Down. Uh, I've played yeah. on a couple of their records. Um, I did that for a Fireflight single a couple of years ago called Die Free. Um, trying to think of if I've played on any other bands, but I've, I've actually played live for more bands than I've played on their records. Uh, so I've played for Project 86, uh, Decipher Down fireflight uh dang there's another one in there oh i played i played for cutlass um yeah and uh yeah i guess i guess yeah you played with cutlass on the tour that you were here yeah in in canada Canada. okay yeah yeah those canada shows i played because they're they're uh their normal drummer couldn't make like the first four shows i think yeah um so they asked me to ask me to fill in so yeah i've gotten to play with like a lot of cool bands and like i i like it that way but you know i could never uh i can never sit down and write a solo album there's no way <laughs> nope, no take in the future you think or no uh i mean like if i were to work with like josiah yeah. on something like josiah is such an amazing like songwriter and producer and all that so if i were to work with him i'm sure we could put something together but it would be pretty much him playing all the instruments <laughs> <laughs> that'd be um, interesting just josiah and then you just drumming so it's yeah they him and him and kevin both swear that i can sing good and 
uh, I just don't have confidence in it, but I, I guess I have a talent for singing if both of them are constantly like trying to get me to sing. So maybe there one day will be a song that maybe me and Joe put together and I actually sing all the way through. Who knows? I would like that. I would like to hear that. I think probably even the disciple fans would like to hear that even. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the great thing about it is if I go to record it and I suck, nobody ever has to hear it. So that's the, that's the good thing. That's true. You just have to, get you vocally prepared first right yes yes yeah yeah i get that um i guess i don't i don't know if you're allowed to talk about this but like any word on anything for the next disciple thing you working on any features for the bands for it i don't know what's the um, for that yeah i mean we're we're always working on new disciple music mm. <clears throat> um as far as features go that hasn't that hasn't been discussed yet so i don't there's actually no, nothing to report there. Um, and, but yeah, we, we rented out a cabin in Kentucky uh, the weekend after our last live stream. So I guess that would have been the first week of February. Mm-hmm. Um, we rented out a cabin for three days and all of us went up there, had recording gear and we just spent all three days just writing music for the new record um and we came away with like 15 20 songs wow i believe like either some some of them were just music ideas some of them were music and lyrics some of them were just lyrics you know so we're 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 piecing stuff together um but but yeah i mean the next the next disciple album is very much in full swing um and it's uh, what we got going is pretty awesome so far i love that um any chance you have an idea for a single you think do you think this year or now uh this year it's possible it's possible um maybe late late this year late this year okay yeah Makes yeah sense. but but again that's just me guessing because yeah. there's there's not been any kind of official like talks or a date or anything like that we're still very early like in the putting the songs together process yeah, i guess so i'm shocked yeah. you guys went like i guess this late i don't know if this is late i don't know what this do like? i i don't know if this would be like late for you guys like writing i don't know if this is like your typical writing well time. it is late because last year screwed up everything because normally we're on on a normal tour year we're on the bus every day and there's songs being written every day because whenever we pull into a city whether it's an off day or we're playing that night there's a lot of downtime that we're on the bus and josiah and kevin both are just music writing machines Mm. and they're just constantly working on stuff um so music's constantly getting made Mm -hmm. so this whole past year we haven't been on the bus so there hasn't been active demos everybody's been home with their kids you know, Kevin's kids obviously could not go to school. So they're being homeschooled. So Kevin's, you know, um, got new priorities and new responsibilities that he's got to focus on every day, making sure his kids are getting through school. Um, you know, Josiah's in the same boat and, you know, so it just last year just kind of screwed us up and didn't allow for that time that we normally are used to in writing songs. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like at the beginning of this year, we were like, Oh, like, we got to write a record. Right. So we, 
we, we started doing that. We're probably going to rent out another cabin and do a, do a weekend of writing again, just to kind of like have another weekend to start developing the ideas that we already have or present new ideas that maybe we've come up with. Um, but, but yeah, it's definitely late in the process for us for sure. Yeah. Um, but nothing about last year was normal and we're just kind of having to roll with it. You know, I get that. Like even for a lot of artists that we know, probably just started working on music i think yeah and yeah. i mean also you know our um our deluxe edition songs for love letter kill shot the three that we released we actually all recorded that from our individual homes oh wow really um so i recorded the drums right here there's a drum kit <laughs> immediately to my right um that's all hooked up to all the recording equipment and everything and i'm able to record here send the files to josiah in nashville um all the other guys were able to record from their homes and we actually put those three songs together quarantine style um and released them and then darkness dies went number one for nine weeks yeah. and we we're just like we literally just self-produced this song from our homes and it's our longest chart topping uh song that we've ever released so it was a, it was an accomplishment. It, it was something we've never done before, never tried, but it showed us that we could do it. You know, it showed us that push comes to shove. We can make a record from our homes. <laughs> yeah. You could do that probably in the future. It's, it's a potential. In separate States too, yeah. you know, but yeah, technology's crazy. Oh, yeah. It's really shaped it since you joined actually in disciple even. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, there's also a thing. I was searching this before you were coming on here. I remember this last year or so you guys announced like a worship group thing and then nothing came about that. What happened to that? Is that still? Oh no, there's, 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 there's plenty coming about with it. Um, there's a whole merch line that Mm -hmm. you can order honor and glory, like hats and shirts and all that stuff. Um, the record is actually almost done. Um, and I think it's got to be turned in by the end of March. Mm. Uh, and I say I say record. It's not a full length record. It's I think it's a five song uh, EP. The okay. label wanted to start out with a five song EP. Just see um, how it's like, right? Yeah, just to, you know, just to see kind of what the response is and everything. Right. Um, but I think it's going to be a good. It's going to be a good response. Um, our, our I think our, our fans have asked for a Disciple Worship album for a long yeah. time, and you know, we wanted to leave disciple as the rock band because, you know, sometimes whenever, you know, a band like us releases a worship album, fans get confused. They think you're selling out and it's just like, no, that's not what we want. We want disciple to always like be a rock band. Like the day that disciple is not a band anymore, it dies as a rock band, you know? Um, So that's why we gave the worship project a different name. Um, mm. just to kind of prevent confusion, uh, as far as that goes, but yeah, it's, uh, it's very much in the works. It's very, it's, okay. it's getting close to being done, but yeah, That's there's, crazy. there's a, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. For some odd reason, I didn't see like on, I think the BC recordings, like this Instagram or whatever, I saw that it just took off all the honor and glory stuff on social media. And I'm like, is that still happening in that? That's why I'm like, Oh really? Yeah. I was I looking for the know. post in that. And that I remember they made a big promotion thing about that, like weeks, like a couple months ago and everything. And I was searching for it. couldn't find it, but yeah. 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 I don't, 
I don't know. I didn't even know we were on their Instagram. So, but yeah, it's definitely still happening. <laughs> That's why I wanted to ask. I'm like, yeah. I didn't hear not, nothing new about it for a while. So I'm like, I'm just curious about it. But yeah. Also, when we talked on the bus before that, I, I don't remember if you were a part of this, but you guys were supposed to do a metal side project. I don't know if mm -hmm. that's still in the works. No, that kind of got shifted to the back burner. That okay. was uh, that was something that we kind of put in Andrew's court to mm. where it was like, if it was going to happen, we were going to kind of let him shape yeah. it. Um, and yeah, it just kind of got pushed to the back burner because the, uh, the worship album yeah. um, kind of took priority. And now we're having to write a disciple album. We just, we honestly just don't yeah. have time for it. Yeah, priorities it, are it, first. It may, right? it may still happen one day. But, you know, as of right now, it's not really at the forefront of anybody's mind. So, um, hey, can you hang on one second? Yeah. It sounds like my cat's tearing down my living room <laughs> right after I was talking really good about her. Okay. It's exactly what I suspected. It's a she loves ink pens. And if she gets a hold of one. No. Yeah. It, it's so funny. But yeah. she that's that's not good. How many ink pens has she gone through? Oh, she, I normally get them, but like if she finds one, it's just, she doesn't stop playing with it. Oh, okay. And it's the worst when it's three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning and she finds one and I'm laying in bed, like trying to sleep. And all I hear is her just bouncing around and hitting the walls and everything. So I constantly am having to like keep pins up and every now and then I'll, I'll leave them out and she'll find them. Ooh, so you should put her <laughs> in like your room, I guess, and just lock the room. Nah, she's got full reign of the house. Oh, okay. She's. She's she's the little queen of the house. She can, I I don't really care. It's just it get it gets annoying after a minute, so I take them away from her. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Uh, favorite song you've done personally with the band? Mm. Mm hmm. Probably um. Probably uh, Panic Room. Panic I would room. say okay. because one that song like i put so much into from the drumming standpoint like i i just remember in the studio like sweat dripping off of my nose because i was just like playing so hard because I, I love i love that song um and that song is actually written very very uh conducive to my life and what i was going through at the time um, I had crippling depression and anxiety years ago and the guys, I would always talk to them about like what I was feeling and going through. And it was almost kind of like me venting to them and talking to them about my issues and my problems kind of turned into the lyrics of that song. And, uh, and that song too, um, that's where I made my first vocal appearance on a disciple record. Um, there's a, there's a part where you hear somebody scream up under the vocals. Uh, sometimes I scare myself, uh, right before the second chorus. That's me screaming as hard as I could in the studio. And then the one where it whispers and it says, sometimes I scare myself. That's me whispering. Okay. Um, and so it's not like an amazing vocal feature, but, it was kind of cool to be a part of it because it was like those words that sometimes I scare myself literally was like exactly how I felt during all of that. Um, and so that, that song helped me process a lot of my crap and 
move past, um, for the most part, anxiety and depression. Not saying that I still don't have some days where it just like comes up and hit slaps me in like right between the eyes. Um, because it does, but I have a much better hold on it these days to where I can like recognize it and be like, I'm gonna let myself feel this for a few minutes and then I'm gonna move on with my day and it's fine. Used to, it would, it would cripple me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so to be on the other side of that and kind of, you know, play panic room, hear how it's connected with people, hear how it's helped them through their, their, uh, journey with anxiety and depression. It's, it's really cool, you know? And I, and I listened to that song and I'm like, that's kind of like almost like a, a milestone. It's like, that's where I was and I'm not there anymore. Um, but it still exists there to help people in their own, in their own, uh, mess, you know, and and what they're going through. So probably got so many stories and probably DMS from people of like, man, this song has helped me so much. Right. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard a lot of stories about a lot of the songs on love letter kill shot. It's crazy how all the songs have connected with so many different people on so many different levels. Um, and we were actually, you know, like when we were about to release love letter kill shot, that's probably the darkest themed album um, that Disciples ever had. And as like darkest content, um, you know, as far as all that stuff. And we were just kind of like a little bit nervous, but it's ended up like helping so many people. And, you know, just kind of goes to show like being real about your humanness and being real about, Hey, we're in a band, but, we're human beings. Like we get up, we put our pants on the same way you do. We have the same problems that you do, you know, just cause we're on the road doesn't mean we're not susceptible to bad things happening. Yeah. We get calls that, Hey, your grandmother is on her deathbed and you need to get home. Uh, you know, that's happened to me and we're not, we're not free of all that stuff. You know, we're, we're very much humans in a band Um, and sometimes people put us a little bit up on a pedestal that maybe we don't have, our lives are perfect and we don't have problems and all that. So to put those problems on display and be honest with them, um, I think that helps a lot of people when you're just honest, like about, Hey, I go through this too, because usually people that are going through stuff, they don't want to hear how to fix it. They don't want to hear like your expert advice. They just want to know that they're not alone. And that brings about more healing than I think anything because it's such an isolating feeling. So that's kind of become my own personal mission. I'm just like, you know what? Like I may never get to like have coffee or hang out or personally get to know everybody that I come in contact with. But if I can in in an interaction, let people know or make them feel like they're not alone, that's what I want to do in my life, you know? Yeah. Um, And so I think that's what our music provides is just letting people know like, you're not alone in this, you know, it feels like you are, but you're not. I love that. And of course, like mental awareness with like music, right. Is a big thing for sure for you guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we've had, I mean, we've seen, you know, big time celebrities, you know, take their lives and everything, you know, Chester from Lincoln park, one of my rock idols, you know, um, that was the first celebrity death I think I actually ever cried over, like actually shed tears over Mm -hmm. because that his songs were like 
ingrained in me, you know, like it, it helped, it helped me learn the art of rock. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, I, I see mental illness all over the place, not just in musicians, but obviously I have a little, I have a, I have a heart for that because I am one. Mm-hmm. And so when I see people in my industry struggling with that and going through that, like, you know, I want to make sure that they're all right. Right. So, right. So yeah. Is there like a couple bands that have actually like reach out to you guys at all, I guess, for help in that kind of sense or no? Um, no, it's, it's not, I mean, I've talked to people personally, um, you know, that have seen like, Hey, I saw, you know, cause I was, I've been always very outspoken about going through dark times. I've Mm -hmm. never been afraid to say like what I'm going through or, uh, sharing my experiences. And I've had people in other bands like reach out and be like, I, I know that you go through this stuff too. So I just needed to call and like vent to you and just kind of hear, maybe some advice or some wisdom that you have for me or whatnot. So yeah, I've had, I've had friends reach out. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And as far as the other guys, I'm sure that they've had those conversations, but we normally keep all that stuff, you know, personal private, you know, like, cause if, if somebody comes and talks to me about something, like I'm not going to go be like, Hey, so-and-so told me that they were (laughs) struggling with like, that's not, yeah, that's that's not not your place. Right. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, so yeah. So if, if they, I know that they've probably had those conversations with people. Um, and, uh, which is awesome because Josiah and Kevin both are great lovers of people, you know, um, and, and people love to talk to them about stuff too. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's cool, you know, just to kind of, I mean, life is just messy. Yeah. Life, life is hard. It's not easy to be a human being you know, mm-hmm. and those bad days just can compile on top of one another. And you just need to know, like, I'm not the only one going through this. Yeah. And God's so. there to help you. Absolutely. Exactly. exactly. Absolutely. What, what do you think about the music industry as a whole right now? Like with labels, streaming, every, everything right now, like, what do you think yeah. about that when you hear it? Um, there's a lot of people who have like, insane um not well not insane like i should say strong opinions about the music industry Mm -hmm. um they just had you know no matter what they think about it it seems like when i hear it it's like very strong opinions i'm gonna be honest i don't really ever think about it like you know i'm i'm a very chill person and I'm just like, you know what, man? I get to play music. Yeah, you know, streaming sometimes sucks. Yeah. Like, I literally got a, a royalty check in the mail the other day for 12 cent. <laughs> and it cost them 47 cent to send me the piece of paper, you know? So I'm like, how much sense does that make? Uh, and then it was really funny. Our producer, Travis Wyrick, sent us a photo to a group message shortly like a couple days after that and he he pretty much got the same thing and i think his was like 14 cent Uh, and you know and the and this is a big time producer who's like worked on you know disciple pod all all these like crazy records um so yeah streaming i mean streaming has definitely hurt the artist um but it's just the way that it is like and unfortunately you just kind of have to play the game um but yeah, I mean, the music industry as a whole, like, I just don't really pay attention to it. Really? Honestly, like, I get to play music for a living. There's shows on the books. 
tell me where to play all the other political stuff and all that leave me out of it man i don't care i just if i get to keep playing that's all i care about like you Mm -hmm. know if somebody comes in between me and playing and making a living then sure like I'll, i'll probably have an opinion but like as far as the music industry goes i mean obviously every industry has its ups or has its good or or good things and and it's bad things. And I mean, the music industry obviously has a lot of dark sides to it, but I mean, as far as it affecting me personally, I guess streaming would be the only thing that I would say like streaming is kind of sucks, you know, because people don't buy albums anymore. Um, There's definitely less income for artists. So that's why you see people having to tour so much today. Um, in order to make a living. Cause that's really the only place to make a living. And so this past year, that took a the, toll the only way, the only way musicians make income it was completely ripped away. So everybody's just kind of been in panic mode. Well, a lot of people are doing a lot of merch drops, I guess, really. Yeah. I mean that, that stuff works too, but like, you know, in-person shows where people can actually buy merch at a yeah. show, it's like proven that, you'll sell way more merch at a show because people, when they, when they see that live experience, they want a piece of merch afterwards to like, whether they realize it or not, they want to take home a piece of merch from that show. Cause they want to remember that experience and that feeling that they had during yeah. that show. Like I even have that. Like if I go to a show mm-hmm. and the, the, the band's just killing it, it's like, I, I need a t-shirt. Same. I think I don't. Yeah. Like even like, for me, I'll even show you. I have a thing on my wall. Of oh, all of my bands and everything, and Disciples on there. Heck yeah, son. Yeah, man. I like that. Yeah, it's a bunch of bands. Like, let me focus that. Is that so, yeah. Breaking Benjamin in Flames, Breaking Red. Breaking Benjamin, Escape the Fate, Red. There's Disciple, yeah, Alexa dude. on Fire, and Flames, Nickelback. We got Rarity. We got Puffer Roach. Yeah, I got a bunch of bands. Nice, dude. Dude. But yeah, That's I super- go to the concerts and everything just for mainly just to meet the bands, t-shirts, support the artists, honestly. And also and it, I'm a concert photographer too, right? So Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I always tell people like people ask like what is the best way to support a band? It's buy their merch. Yeah. Like even if it's a $5 poster, every little bit helps, yeah. you know. Um so merchandise is a way that a band survives, you know, um and uh it definitely helps. So with you being a merch purchaser, mm-hmm. It's very much appreciated. Yeah, for sure. I'll, anytime you guys are in town, like I'm not a, per- I don't purchase merch online ever. I yeah. try my, just cause the shipping wise, that's the only reason why. But when you yeah. guys are in town, that's when I usually buy the merch. Cool. Yeah. yeah. See, and, and at shows, you know, that's where the band takes the most like profit yeah. from, from it as well um, to like support you know, buying more merch, uh, keeping the tours going now, you know, other like online and stuff, obviously there's like different fees and everything and all that, but online is still a great way to support a band. Like it's not, it's not bad or anything. I'm definitely not discouraging that at all, but if you are at a show and you can pick up a piece of merch, you know, it's, it helps a band so much. I love that. What are like going back into like, I guess music industry, like what are, I know you guys were into like a label and everything. Now you're into a label and everything, but like, what are your thoughts about like artists getting into labels, new artists, like any suggestions to like new artists seeking something about that kind of info? Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, 
Tooth and Nail is the first record label I've ever been signed to yeah. personally. Um, you know, I guess Kevin Kevin actually would be a whole lot better. Well, you guys per- know, like you were on attack. I know for your record when you joined and everything, and that was independent, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, I guess really, what what was like? Do you did you notice any difference once you get, were like independent and then went into a record? I guess. Yeah, it, label. Honestly, it really doesn't feel any different because Tooth and Nail literally is like super chill and easy to work with. Um, they offered us, you know, the the record contract, and they really like not saying they're like hands off. They have nothing to do mm-hmm. with the records, but they really are hands off. Like as far as like you guys write the music that you want to write, and then you know if y'all want us to listen to it and give you feedback send it to us and we're like absolutely we're going to send it to you because we love to have feedback we don't like it to be just us three being like this is the final thing because you need those outside ears to kind of tell you like this song is not as good as it could be or you know this chorus needs to be stronger this verse doesn't really make sense and that it's stuff that we can like we we developed this thing we call demoitis where you know you have this demo forever of this song that you fall in love with and then anything that's outside of that demo like that you were to change you instantly hate it because you're like oh i like the demo well mm-hmm. you know the label will listen to it and be like no what you changed is good you know <laughs> like you just you you have your demoitis on right now you're attached to this demo that you're so used to hearing and your, your brain's just not used to hearing it any other way. But honestly, man, like the, the team at tooth and nail has been amazing to us. Um, they've been, they've let us write the records that we want to write. They've let us write the lyrics that we want to write. Um, and their marketing team has been great. They're, I, I mean, literally all the forms and facets of tooth and nail, I have had nothing but a great experience yeah, personally. That's interesting. Um, like most you know, people, yeah, most people are like, yo, when you get into like a record label, you hear all these horror stories about yeah, all these and labels. That, that exists that exists because there's a lot of bands um and labels that, you know, bands will have stars in their eye, like, oh, we've got a record contract, but they don't realize that the record contract they're signing is really bad. You know, there's a lot of stipulations in that contract that's like, you know the label owns every uh, percentage of everything you do. If you sell a t-shirt, the label gets a certain amount, you know, like and that, and that's where the bad experiences happen is, is, you know, people are just so quick to be like, yeah, let me sign on the dotted line because it's a record contract. Um, but you know, like I said, man, tooth and nail has been great with us and attack doing it independent was great too. You know, like it was a whole lot more work. Um, there was a lot more things that we had to think about. So I am thankful for tooth and nail because they take care of a lot of stuff that we don't have to really think about anymore, which is great. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, both experiences were great. Were great. You yeah. know, like doing the Kickstarter and all that stuff for attack and long live the rebels. It was yeah. both like wildly successful and, you know, yeah. Yeah. I remember I was helping back with long live the rebels even, at that time too yeah yeah it was good it was good honestly love love letter is my favorite and it's my favorite too yeah it's great i love it i I want every record that we release while i'm the drummer like i want it to be my new favorite record yeah so 
So yeah, like what love letter kill shot. I'm man, I, I'm very proud of that one. I'm I'm proud of all of them. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, where we went with that one, it was just like it's kind of where we all were. We were all going through our own separate junk, mm-hmm. you know, and and dark stuff in all different ways. And that album just kind of came together like that to where the songs had a more dark overtone and just kind of like yeah yeah it kind of sucks to be a human you know (laughs) that's that's human life do you have like an idea of like how the new stuff is going i guess kind of theme you could say or no uh i would say that it's definitely a little uh, more vertical and what i mean by that is it's very very like kind of attack-esque like blatant in your face lyrics um but a lot of what we wrote at the cabin has this like very old school vibe to it, like early 2000s new metal, uh, kind of like the POD Limp Biscuit, Lincoln Park. Um, do what now? Lincoln Park, I guess. In a sense. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a great that's a great analogy. Okay. Um, yeah, it we've we've kind of been revisiting some of the old school sound, and you know, like Disciple used to have the very kind of like rap rock type yeah. stuff. And there's a song that Kevin's got a little bit of a rapping type thing going with uh, with an amazing chorus. And so um, obviously all the songs we write will not make the record. So, you know, who knows if that song will make the final product. But right now, everybody's kind of like in this new metal. Me and Kevin mostly are very into like the new metal vein. We love mm. that stuff. Um, and I've been telling Kevin ever since I joined the band, I'm like, man, I just want to make an album that's like early two thousands, just not technical, Mm -hmm. keep the drums simple and just this amazing like groove and these big riffs and everything. And just make it a song where the crowd, like let's record it it. to like record it with in mind, like, what is this going to sound like live? And is it going to make the crowd bounce? You know, like that's kind of, that's the kind of stuff that I like to, you want to see some mosh pits, really mosh pits, but like, I just want people to groove, you know, like, and you know, not saying that we haven't written groovy stuff, but it's, uh, there's a different vibe that new metal sound has than all the other stuff. I I love that. Can't wait to hear it. Honestly. Yeah, man. Hey, me too. I'm I'm ready to, (laughs) I'm ready to like, you know, kind of figure out, you know, cause we, we start out with a bunch of songs and then it's, it's funny how it happens. Like it does, it's not, there's no formula or, or process that we take in order to get down to the songs that are making the record. But it's funny, like they'll just, the, the best songs just kind of rise to the top and funnel their way out the bottom. And then it's like, there's our 12, you yeah. know? And then we may have three sitting over here to the side. It's like, oh, we could do a deluxe edition, kind of like we did with Love Letter Kill Shot. Mm. You know, those three songs were just sitting there, and it's like, we'll record these at a later date, put it out um, as kind of a little amendum or whatever to the to the album. And yeah, nice. Um, promote any small artists that you typically listen to, I guess, in your area, Joey small artists that i listen to yeah smart small artists that you listen to um well i don't i guess i don't know like the definition of small artists because I, I never would want to like tell a band they're yeah a small artists but there there's a band um that's on rock fest records called relent 
Relentless. Uh, that's that's kind of up and coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that band. Um, Great band. I I think that they have like the coolest sound, um, and their their vibe is very much like they just keep getting better with every record that they release. And I'm like, man, if they keep at this, like, I think this could be something special. Cause they, they have that new metal vibe yeah. that I love. Um, and I think that's why I like them so much. Um, and they're great dudes too. We've, we've gotten to play like a show or two with them and, uh, and they're really great dudes. Um, and deserve the, any success that comes their way. So I'd say relent, I guess is probably like, the up and coming band that I listen mm-hmm. to. Okay. Um, I can't really think of anything, any others that I'm like, that like stick out, mm-hmm. you know, here locally, if I go to a restaurant or something, there'll be like small little local bands, just yeah. kind of like little jam bands that I listen or that I'll, I'll listen to while mm-hmm. I'm at the restaurant, but mm-hmm. I don't really have any that I'm like a fan of. Okay. You know? Well, what about like small, small venues, I guess in like your hometown, do you like, when you when you're not touring right i guess like when do you have any like that you do remember are the music scene in the upstate of south carolina sucks really horrible yeah we don't we don't really have any venues there was a really cool venue that venue that pod played a couple years ago in greenville it was a super cool venue it shut down i don't know why because this area of our state is super cool i mean greenville is an amazing city it has all the potential in the world to have this amazing music scene. And I just don't know why it can't survive. Honestly, hmm. I, re- I really don't. Um, so yeah, if, if there's any shows that we go to, um, it's always traveling to venues, okay. uh, either in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, there's the orange pill up there. Uh, the Charlotte has the Fillmore. Um, and so like Asheville and Charlotte are both an hour from me. So they're not, they're not super far. Um, but yeah, I'll, if I, if I'm going to a show, it's normally either going to be in Asheville or Charlotte. Okay. Um, and occasionally Columbia, South Carolina will have a good, a good, um, show, but very rarely do I go down there. And even like the great venues down in, in Columbia have closed right. down, you know? So it's, um, it's a sucky era right now because of COVID, right? Because of all. Yeah. The well, I mean, these, these venues closed even before COVID, yeah. uh, which, it scares me how many how many venues are possibly not going to make it um because of all this junk yeah it's not like one of my favorite venues here in the city almost closed and then all of us and like the small music scene helped shape it and donated to help actually help it survive and everything so it sucks that like down there there's not like much of a music like i love local honestly i love local bands and everything i go as much as possible that I could go to with a local scene, but it kind of sucks cool. that the local base scene's like not that much active down there even. And it's very close to like my area too, right? It's just a couple more states down, but yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. There's just different par- pockets of the country where music scenes just, they just don't thrive, you know? And then there's other pockets where it's like, you know, we go to, we go play in Ohio and Indiana yeah. and Pennsylvania. People come out of the woodwork and it's like, those are States that I wouldn't expect there to be this like crazy music scene, but there is, you know, and where I live, I'm like, man, there is so much potential for like this amazing music scene. 
and it just it, they've tried and it just doesn't it doesn't survive so huh. interesting well joey shout yourself out what do you want the people to know about you um you know i i feel like this podcast you probably just kind of learned everything that you need <laughs> to know about me you know i'm play drums and i'm a cat dad and you know i I'm just a normal human being that's been given an opportunity to do uh do what i love and play some pretty cool music and you know i'm not i'm not in this for money or fame i just like making a difference and um yeah man i mean it's it's just cool i'm just i'm just i'm just honored to be along for the ride you know I love that. Well, so thank you so much joey and that's absolutely it. man thanks for having me yeah it was a great great conversation